Hello, family. This is Pastor John, just reading the Word. Today we're in Galatians chapter 3, a great chapter helping us understand the law, which can be confusing to some, uh, including myself. Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you so much, Holy Spirit, for having directed and written the word of God and being able to make us, to help us to understand your word and how to apply it to the beneficial uh, uses to our life. The word is good. The word is health. The word is food to your soul. Uh, the word is healing. The word is deliverance. The word is freedom. And Father, I thank you for the word. I thank you for this beautiful day, for the sunshine, the blue skies. Lord, I pray that you will let us understand and apply your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start chapter 3, verse 1. O oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ, the good news. How foolish can you be? After starting your Christian lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Jesus Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles to be righteous because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share in the same blessing received because of Abraham's faith. That's pretty amazing. The prophetic words of God to Abraham his, his prophetic word became real when Christ died on the cross and resurrected from the grave. Verse 10, uh, we're going to talk now, we're going to get into the curse and the law. Let me, uh, there's an expression that I have heard forever as a young man, as a little boy growing up in the church, that Christ fulfilled the law. Christ fulfilled the law. What in the world does that mean? Christ fulfilled the law. Well, of course, it means that he 
took the law away so we don't have to live under the law. Well, what's that? You mean he says now through Christ we can adulterize? We can shack up? We can sleep around? We can lie? We can steal? We can cheat? We can murder? We can covet? No. All of those things are still against God. So what in the world does it mean when Christ fulfilled the law? He didn't erase the law. He didn't make the law null and void. Let's read and find out if we can understand what it means that Christ fulfilled the law. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scripture said, Cursed is anyone who does not observe and obey the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So right there, we understand if we don't obey the book of the law, we are cursed. Verse 11, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture said, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of the law, which says it is through obeying the law that a person has life. Well, we know that we just read that it's a curse. So let's go. Verse 13 but Christ has rescued us from the curse produced by the law. And what is that curse? When we only follow the law, we are cursed because the law does not give eternal life. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for all wrongdoing. For it is written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ, through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham so that we are who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. <clears throat> Pardon me. So now through Christ, we Gentiles have received the promise that was given to Abraham. Let's look at verse 15. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable, irrevocable agreement, so is it in this case. And what we just read was just, just like we uh, sign a contract when we buy a house, it's irrevocable agreement. As long as we make our payments, they keep letting us live in their house. God gave the promise to Abraham as a child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. This is what I'm trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. 
God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. But God graciously gave it to Abraham as he promised. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside a promise to show people their sin. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is a helpful is helpful if more than one party must reach the agreement. But God, who is one, did not use the mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promise? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we uh, to be made right with God by obeying it, But the scripture declares that we are all prisoners of sin. So we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Uh, We're going to pick up on verse 23 here in just a minute. So Abraham received a promise without the law. He received the promise by faith. 400 and some years later, The law was given to Moses, and that became the measuring rod. That became the law for the people. The law could not save them. It could only cover their sins. But the promise made to Abraham that his descendants, and that meant the descendants, that meant through Moses to Christ. And when Christ was born, he fulfilled the law. Here it is. He fulfilled the curse of the law. He did not eradicate or erase the thou shalt not. He took away the curse by dying on the cross and shedding his blood and resurrecting from the dead. Now we believe in him and we don't have this false law that we have to rely on for some vague hope uh, of, of eternity. We have an absolute promise in Jesus Christ. The thou, thou shalt nots are still real, but the power of them is not, it is at nothing. It cannot save us if we keep the law. Christ fulfilled the law in that he died and gave us liberty. He gave us an opportunity for eternal life if we will yet believe in him. So he fulfilled the law by fulfilling the curse of the law and giving us eternal life. Let's finish up here. Galatians chapter 3, verse 23. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under the guard of the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as a guardian. For you are children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. 
and all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs with God's promise to Abraham belonging to you. We have been made heirs with Christ of the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. How good can that be? We are members of God's eternal kingdom already. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word, the application of your word. Let us walk in the freedom of our understanding that Christ, you alone, give us eternal life. And Holy Spirit, you give us the power to defeat the sin in our life if we will but accept it and function in it. I love you, Lord. I thank you. As you bring us this virus to its conclusion. Thank you for taking care of those folks at Redwood Springs. Thank you for taking care of those folks at Linwood Manor. Thank you for taking care of those folks at Lindsay Garden. Thank you for taking care of our first responders, our essential workers, our medical community our doctors and our nurses, all of those that help. Thank you for protecting all of their lives. Thank you for protecting our homeless people. Apparently, Father, you've protected those people from this virus. They've been out there for the last 47-some days, and there's no big surge in this disease in their little homeless community. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness and your goodness. We ask you continued covering over our lives, and we thank you for these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Well, family, until tomorrow, read your word. Read Galatians 3 to yourself out loud. Find the application, and walk it out. Thanks. Talk to you again later.